uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants. And the way they were able to reach out and uh, steal the election from a well-oiled machine. It is the 12 days before Zoran Zaev resigns. The outgoing Prime Minister of the Republic of Macedonia, Zoran Zaev, must finally step aside, and a new Prime Minister from the same party takes over on January 3rd. Not quite the 12 days of Christmas, but you get the idea, and the mood in Macedonia will certainly be more festive once Zaev steps aside. Meanwhile, as Macedonians around the world prepare to celebrate Christmas on whichever day, and New Year's, scandals or life goes on. News of the various scandals rocking the Macedonian government continues to drip out slowly, and the politicking of the parties will start to ramp up as we approach both the January 3 deadline for Zayev to step down and the April 12 election date. The largest political party in Macedonia and the one currently in opposition hoping to win those elections held a large rally in Skopje where the crowd affirmed the party's position of, quote, never north, always Macedonia, unquote, throughout the rally. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Cvetan Chalimanov calling in from Skopje, Macedonia, where we're keeping the champagne and ice for Zaev's expected resignation, but uh, still keeping an eye on the... because he might decide to, to try and wiggle his way out of this thing. It might pull a fast one. Let's see. Yeah. I'm looking at the calendar here, and it's worth noting that uh, we are recording this on Sunday, December 22. It'll drop on Monday the 23rd, two days before, as the uh, Macedonian Informations, Information Agency always calls it, quote-unquote, Catholic Christmas uh, on the 25th, <laughs> leaving out the Protestants. I don't understand that. I never will. Um, so the 31st is on a Tuesday, so January 3 is on a Friday. Well, that's a good day for Zayev to step down. Macedonians have a weekend then to celebrate. Um, a new prime minister from Sudasum will be chosen mm-hmm. on that day. Uh, Vomero takes a couple of positions. Uh, the Interior Ministry, Health and Welfare, a couple of assistant, uh, not assistant, um, deputy yeah. minister positions, changes and whatnot. Are, uh, so assuming everything is on course, uh, Parliament will have a session that day in which the Zoran Zayev steps down, and a new uh, member of Citizen is is uh, becomes the prime minister. Yeah. And right now, that's Oliver Spasovsky, correct? The well, yeah, uh, he should be because he should relinquish his position anyway to give it to Vimera, and it's most most convenient for for Zayev to have him as uh, prime minister. Although he's now been mentioning uh, this uh, very far left socialist. Uh, a lady, a uh, very rich socialist lady, as they usually are, <laughs> Mila Tarovska, who worked in all the Soros NGOs and baby killing and uh, all that good huh. stuff. So she might, she's popular with uh, the SDSM base just because of the aforementioned reasons, and uh, mm-hmm. she might also be the prime minister. Ah, okay. Well, we've still got a few days before that decision is made. Um... And then any idea on who Vumaro is going to nominate? 
Oh, well, uh, Vimero, um so far for the interior ministry, which is the most watched one, it should right. be Orza Georgievsky. You wouldn't know him. He's like uh, uh, the current, like a shadow interior minister. He would be the one most uh, frequently asked to comment on security issues um, in this iteration of Vimero. Uh, then um, they have like a very outspoken young uh, agriculture uh, expert who is going to be definitely going to be the deputy agriculture minister. This is important because the agriculture ministry is often abused to give money to farmers before the elections and of course. he would uh, keep an eye on this uh, so that the ministry does not like plan to give all the farming subsidies in the months before the elections. Mm-hmm. Um Slavovsky could be the deputy finance oh, minister. Yeah, former, former finance minister, right. Yeah. Uh, he was a uh, very solid economics professor. Sure. Uh, he was part of the Grevsky free market reforms uh, uh, in the early years of his term. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's not... Uh, uh, Nothing spectacular is expected. Sure. Their job is just to stop the rampant abuse of the of the ministries, especially the police, the interior ministry, because, you know, we should be reminding this every episode we have a uh, near police state here with a uh, dozen of members of parliament in the investigation and uh, uh, dozens of high-level Vemer officials in prison are being persecuted uh, right. on charges drawn up by a ridiculously corrupt and crooked person like Katatiana. Yeah. Now, speaking of finance, I, I noticed um, in the news that, I don't know if the parliament passed it or if the government just proposed it, the next mm-hmm. uh, budget, which includes uh, a flat tax of 10% for the next three years. Of course, mm-hmm. when this government w- w- was finally finally got into office in uh, 2017, they proposed a progressive income tax and much higher income tax mm-hmm. rates, wanted to scrap the the flat tax that has worked well for Macedonia with the past government has worked well throughout many European countries, uh, has in, actually increased revenue. They proposed to scrap that, introduce the progressive income tax rate. Now they have admitted defeat, and uh, yeah. the current budget calls for the flat tax to continue, which I find is delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was adopted in Parliament today, and it's a okay. near 4 billion euros which the easily the biggest budget for macedonia so wow. far and there's been they've been completely unable you know the zav government to actually build something of public infra- infrastructure which here is uh you know fully government lacking. funded yeah and and it's lacking yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um so basically you know everything on top of the you know the allotted money for public administration which are the built-in costs everything else above this is practically going to go to more welfare spending, more, uh, you know, this socialist redistribution schemes, which uh, Zayaf is so happy about. Uh, they, it's meant to buy votes before the, the elections. And uh, this is why the Vimera uh, deputy ministers, min, uh, interim ministers, are going to have to be very careful to see uh, how the money is being spent before the elections, because he out- outright wants to buy the, the elections with borrowed money right and and you know i was just thinking as you were talking about that and the, the budget that's been adopted and whatnot we we have just we haven't heard a bloody thing from this government in months about um attracting foreign investment mm-hmm. they've just gone completely silent on that and i don't know if that's because they have nothing to say which is likely the case or they're just consumed with the scandals and the upcoming elections or maybe it's a combination of all three of those things but 
you know, the former government always talked about the foreign investment that it was bringing in, always had, always talked about the how it was going out around the world and, and talking to other companies in other countries about you know, the, the, uh, the great benefits of investing in Macedonia. And there's just been absolutely crickets mm. from this government, uh, not just in the past few months, as I just mentioned a moment ago, but frankly, during their entire term of office. Uh, am I missing something there? Yeah, they have nothing to show for our buddy Vladko Djurchov was in a debate with the, uh, I think it was the, uh, Damian Manchevsky, the uh, public administration uh, minister. And at mm-hmm. one point, you know, they were discussing this precise issue and Vladko kept hammering at him like, okay, but give me one factory, just one <laughs> name of one single factory. You should be able to do it. And ultimately, you know, Manchevsky said, uh, you know, gave up and said, no, okay, there were none. We had no, no investments. Let's move on, talk something else. <laughs> wow. Before that, oh. there, obviously, there was a famous uh, minister in charge of attracting FDI, foreign direct investment, to Macedonia, who was angry at the journalist when, similarly, he, the journalist asked her, well, name me one company you've been working on, and she couldn't, and then said, uh, you know, made this face, which became a meme instantly, and then she said, <laughs> it was not a fair, it was a trick question, not a fair question, to ask the oh. foreign investment minister of to name a single foreign investment company she managed to. Uh, <laughs> there is some money coming in, but it's assumed widely that it's all like companies which already came under Gruevsky, who are now reinvesting. And like every three or four months, Zav would mention a company, but uh, some of it happens. You know, he mentioned Volkswagen coming here, like a huge German investment before the referendum. None, none of this happened. So, uh, it's a complete well, disaster in this regard. Right. None, none of that. But, um, you know, today is, I think, today is the first day of winter. Maybe it's yesterday. I'm not sure. But we associate winter with snow. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the only uh, the, the only money that is, or some of the money that is coming in revolves around a different type of snow. White yeah. powder, cocaine. Uh, there's a new scandal uh, regarding a, an actress, um, which I, I didn't get into the details of that. So maybe our listeners want to hear a little bit more about that because I found it fascinating okay. how it tied in with USAID. Yeah, she's, uh, she's an actress in, the, in one of the USAID-funded uh, programs here which were meant to re-educate Macedonians against... What's the name of the, the program? Uh, Familia Markovsky. Again, I'm going to give okay. my farmer's pick early. It was supposed oh, to be my okay. farmer's pick. <laughs> it was uh, like a family drama sitcom, like a tragical sitcom in which... Tragical, like a Dour and difficult yeah. to watch. Uh, I, I don't mm. watch Macedonian television. I've made it clear. I don't watch television <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, even better. Uh, and um, it was. It had all the usual tropes, which is the SM would use against Vamera. So, like, there is a, a father who is angry at his son, who turns out to be a homosexual, or the father huh. is ordered by his boss to in the public administration working in the public administration to go work to go protest with you know the pro-government people against the young youthful brave courageous uh, leftist protesters uh, who represent SDSM obviously the father would in, in these cases represent a homophobic right-winger or a uh, <laughs> Vomero, uh forced Vamara supporter, like nobody likes Vamara other than those who are forced to come to their events. This was the story which USAID wanted to transmit with this um, uh, program. They paid like 450,000 euros, uh, uh, dollars, euros, whatever, uh, to produce it. 
through channel 5. It was used to bring channel 5, which was the second best watched television in Macedonia, on the side of uh, the name change. So this television abruptly changed its very programmer editorial policy once this contract was signed and started supporting SDSM and uh, supporting the name change in a move that would make your head spin and uh, it was, uh, you know, somebody should do a sitcom on, on television editors and uh, owners who, who change sides on the drop of the hat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, this actress, Sylvia Stoyanovska, she's the wife of a famous, uh, uh, the widow of a famous actor, Nina Stoyanovsky, who we kind of grew up with. He was like this edgy, interesting actor uh, mm -hmm. when we were younger. And uh, she was... Uh, Prominent protester, always in the colored revolution. Uh, people have been having fun now digging up old videos of her, uh, moralizing on this program called Familia Markovsky, the Markovsky family, and right. moralizing during, during the colored revolution protest against Gruevsky, how Gruevsky is a criminal, corrupt, blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, uh, she's been uh, living with, married with a guy called Voislav Budisavljevich, who was previously arrested for cocaine smuggling uh, on apparently on more than one occasion and who has a brother who lives in Spain who also does cocaine, I mean, deals in cocaine. <laughs> maybe does and, it too. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just for inspection purposes. Yes, quality and, control. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm actually proud. I mean, I'm, I'm not even angry at the, 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 the guys. This is... Uh, excellent. This is, uh, you know, go big or go home kind of uh, a thing. They were not dealing with like five kilos or a kilo or something like that. They chartered a submarine from Colombia and they actually managed to fill it with like apparently three tons of cocaine Holy and sail it from Latin America to Galicia in Spain, to northwestern Spain where it was intercepted. Wow. It's we have a submarine. The Colored Revolution has a submarine full of drugs. It's beautiful. And they were going to give the drugs to somebody who's, who was apparently, you know, switching vessels. Maybe they felt they're followed, so they were going to give the drugs to another boat who was going to take it to England, where the money is. And uh, they were caught while, uh, you know, dumping the cargo, transporting the cargo. This was in late November. It was a big story that a submarine full of cocaine was intercepted close to Spain, but nobody told us that it's uh, <laughs> Sylvia organizing this. That the Macedonian connection wasn't known then, right? How funny. So she was, she was involved in logistics? Well, she's the wife, the unwed wife of the organizer. Uh -huh. So she was arrested, but then promptly released into house arrest. So uh -huh. she was, uh, I mean, as the wife of the, one of the main culprits apparently in the drug bust right. she she should have known must have known yes i mean just uh handling money you know handling uh it's something whatever. they talk about over the dinner table you know so what did you do today <laughs> well i organized logistics for the submarine to get from colombia across the atlantic <laughs> over to spain and so yeah yeah pedro's <laughs> been giving me a hard time he can't find the, the proper type of cocaine for the submarine and now we gotta cram it up well, I can imagine, you know, you, you, let's let's be honest here. I mean, within a submarine, uh, you know, you're you're submerged, you know, underwater. There's mm -hmm. certain, um, uh, I guess, atmospheric or climactic conditions that have to be maintained in order to mm -hmm. preserve the cocaine, depending on how it is wrapped, etc. 
so these were important questions that she probably discussed with her husband. Uh, <laughs> you know. So you want to make sure that the product is is uh, delivered uh, uh, without any blemish and untouched and in pristine shape. Yeah. No, we're turning into a proper narco state. This is, you know, Zaif is producing marijuana, uh, you know, tons, <laughs> of, tons of it apparently, or he, he, ostensibly for marijuana oil, cannabis oil, but none of it has been sold yet and money keeps pouring into the business. So mm. I'm assuming they're growing this stuff and it's going somewhere <laughs> in, in some yeah. shape or form. Uh, then, you know, there was this great video of um, Sylvia Stanowska, this actress, dancing at some wedding, I suppose, with uh, uh, Pavla Bogoevsky, who was her friend from the Colored Revolution. Oh, he was obviously the more prominent spokesman of the Colored Revolution. And he was member of parliament for SDSM. And he was uh, he had to resign after he was driving in a taxi and called his dealer on the phone. And he was ordering half a gram. <laughs> he didn't say of what. Then afterwards, he hilariously tried to say it's half a gram of cannabis oil, <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean... I don't know how it's bought, but that's not the way you buy <laughs> cannabis. Right. And uh, they're dancing together, and you know he uh, it, he was obviously buying her, uh, you know cocaine, and uh, uh, it's uh, she's now the second colored revolution star to to fall on uh, on the but you know at least she's going down with with a bang. She's going down. Right. Well, this is funny because Ali Akhmeti is probably sitting back just laughing at this whole thing because here you have all these Macedonians that are involved in being caught for yeah. the drug Amateurs. trade and drug use and what exactly. And, and we all know, and, and Ali Akhmeti himself has practically admitted that um, the, uh, the the former NLA and now Dewey uh, are involved in one shape, in one form or way of another with uh, drug dealing and uh, drug trafficking, as well as human trafficking, yeah. trafficking in women, young girls, arms, etc. And that's how the NLA made a lot, a lot of its money, and that's how I think Dewey also made money. Again, he's actually admitted that. I've got an article somewhere here where he admitted that to one of the major main yeah, outlets. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he, he's, I mean, so. yeah, he's sitting back just laughing. Yeah, you're right. He's calling these people rank amateurs because he gets away <laughs> with it. So well, that's funny. Yeah, we sit on the heroin transportation line from Afghanistan to Turkey. Right. Europe and Albanian mafia is very prominent in this. I mean, uh, the police, the security services of the countries along the route are obviously involved in this on a more elevated level. They would give you the a higher uh, level, right of but I'm bumped. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the Albanians are usually the pushers, the the muscle in the street here and in you know the Czech Republic, from where they smuggle it to uh, Germany or in the UK. And yeah, I mean just. You know, this shootout in the Alexander Palace Hotel recently oh, right. was yeah. obviously a drug deal. Uh, a drug infighting over drugs. and uh, uh, But it's mostly, you know, obviously the guerrilla groups in Kosovo, um, they were funded to fight the Serbs. They received funding and probably, you know, Western approved funding to make sure they bring down Milosevic of, uh, made of uh, drug money, cigarette smuggling money. Uh, trafficking in women in uh, organs, apparently, even yes. at some level. Well, and cigarette smuggling—that's yeah, cigarette smuggling is uh, Milo Djukanovic's purview. So that's where he made his fortune over in mm. Montenegro. Um, yeah, the Albanians are, are good at the human organ trafficking, uh, uh, and I think guess everybody participates in the the regular old-fashioned drug trafficking and human traffic, uh, human uh, trafficking of women and girls. Um, 
Uh, but gosh, we made this wide diversion over into drugs and and uh, <laughs> whatnot. But uh, we forgot about just the ordinary scandals that are going on in, in Macedonia mm-hmm. with you know the the, the, the racket cases. Uh, what's the latest on uh, Boki? How's his health? <laughs> well, uh, I mean the the key testimonies, the initial key testimonies by Kamchov uh, uh, and his wife uh, are done. There are some low le- lower level Kamchov people scheduled to testify next, and then obviously at some point we're going to have to hear from Boki, Katica, you know, give their defense. Uh, and um, and the most important point is uh, Boki telling us where the money ended up because the way things stand, he's uh, currently being charged with taking the money, but it's obvious he didn't spend 1.5 million euros he extorted from Kamchov or the total of about 20 million, which Vemera alleges that this group under around Katitsayanova was able to collect from businessmen. It's clear that most of it ended up in the SDSM party. Now, whether Boki will be able to say this, uh, we discussed the danger of him being Epstein before this happens. <laughs> yes. Um, we're going to see about that. And um, there is another candidate uh, uh, apparently willing to talk. Uh, this is <clears throat> Frosina Reminski, the Deputy Prime Minister, uh, sorry, Deputy Parliament Speaker and top SDSM official. Uh, she's charged alongside Bokish. She's the only SDSM person who has been charged of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the only person who the prosecutor is there to charge from the ruling government. And uh, she's charged in this second case, which involves Boki, where they were extorting about one point, uh, what was it, one point one million, or or maybe more. It was more like a million uh, euros from two businessmen, right? From Pitola and Struga. Hmm. They were both blackmailed, but also being promised to get in on some lucrative business action uh, by uh, Boki. Apparently, uh, they were gonna. They were promised that they will be able to build real estate and valuable pieces of land in municipalities owned, uh, controlled by SDSM mayors. So they gave a million to Boki and uh, now in exchange uh, they want the money back now that Boki is in prison. So Frosina was charged, uh, she was uh, she accepted the, the position of a honorary uh, president of a bogus charity which Boki set up so he right. could get this money and then allegedly invest them in. Uh, it was supposed to be like old people's homes. Uh, they were going to claim government subsidies, but then they were going to sell them commercially. This was the, the plan. And the businessmen v- were very open about this. They said this was Bogus' plan. Uh, so Reminsky was an official in this Bogus charity, and she obviously used her friendship with Boki and Cloud to make sure, you know, to pressure the businessmen to give the money. Mm-hmm. So now she's charged, and she came out, and she started accusing a top SDSM police official who led the Ubeka security agency, where all the trouble in the country begins, Mm -hmm. that he uh, set her up. Uh, She started saying, well, if if I'm charged for being a friend of Boki, then, you know, the interior minister, Oliver Spasovsky, was also friends with him. Zaev was also friends with him. So she started dropping names. And she knows a lot. And she's in a bad position and is apparently not uh, especially willing to go to prison and <laughs> wisely she doesn't want to go to prison yeah. i get that so she's offering herself well we'll see how it goes but yeah she's reminding the government that 
she's uh, in a bad place and she wants to be taken out of the bad place. <laughs> so, again, so this is kind of, it's not a new development, but the fact that, that she is kind of subtly threatening mm, that yeah. if she goes down, everybody else goes down. We've heard that from Boki. We've heard that from others. Um, so at some point, this dam has got to break and, you know, the names have got to come out and the connections, it's this this, this kind of spider web or octopus, whatever yeah. analogy you want to use, mm -hmm. where it's all connected to the center. Um, and, you know, from a political standpoint, looking at it from the standpoint of Citizen and Zoran Zayev and this isn't good for them for this to just be dragging out. It's going to continue now into January, which is just a little over a week away and the new year and then mm. focusing on elections, even though people are rightly going to be focused on new years and Christmas and old new years. Um, they're still going to be talking about this. And then after the end of January, if this is continuing, and I think it will be, it's going to be a real drag on um, the government and their political prospects. And that can't be good for them. They've got to be, uh, wanting to make this go away, but I don't think they know how to. Yeah, uh, Witschkowski had an interview uh, this morning and he said, he's actually very open, he said, we have more evidence, we're gonna, we have evidence proving that a top, who the top person is, obviously hinting at Zayev, and he said we're being tactical about it, we're gonna publish it when it's tactically best for us, and uh, sure. he's obviously waiting for Zayev to call the elections, to resign in 12 days, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. and then afterwards, uh, I mean, if, if he, he shoots the uh, gun now, uh, Zayev might give up on the elections and say, okay, well, right. I'm going to hang on until December and plot my escape strategy then. And meanwhile, they're still uh, taking money from, they're still using Yaneva to extort money uh, for their purposes. Uh, there is a especially brazen attempt to extort money from this time from the state budget, mm -hmm. which is supposed to go down tomorrow. One of the trials which Yanev initiated, uh, it was a politically linked uh, construction guy uh, who also owns a university here, Fiat Sanovsky. He oh, was right, supposed yeah. to be like the Macedonian Muslim uh, politician. Uh, you know, it's a small minority which uh, oftentimes Vimmer attempts to bring them to the fold, like uh, uh, who adopted Islam, and uh, now they're practically. Uh, not, you know, we don't intermarry, they're kind of like shunned by Macedonians, but they're Macedonians, mm -hmm. so they would marry Turks, they would marry Albanians. These are Torvish? Yeah, well, it's, they kind of don't like the name being used for them. It, uh, it roughly translates as, as carpetbaggers, so it's ah. kind of like a derogatory <laughs> term. We prefer calling them ma Muslim Macedonians, so Makedonsi Muslimani. So, um, he was close with Gruevsky, he was delivering some votes. He considered this uh, uh, his visa-free passage to build a huge construction uh, uh, residential complex and uh, skirt uh, building construction laws. So he built it bigger, um, less parking space than he was supposed to, like significantly violations of the permit. And it was demolished. Um, 2011, and mm. Sanovsky claimed this is Gruevsky getting back at me because I supported another uh, Muslim Macedonian uh, crook, uh, Vilya Ramkovsky, from the famous A1, A1 television. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> Things were a bit simpler then, I think. Yeah, well, it's still, 
just it's all just ampl amplified to a thousand. Right? Yeah. It's all the same people saying the same arguments. And um, so the building was demolished. And now Fiat Sanovsky is claiming, at I think he initially demanded 60, $60 million, six zero million euros in damages from the government. Now he has moderated his position. He only demands $40 million. <laughs> uh, and Katya began a criminal investigation against Gruevsky, the transportation minister who is in charge of uh, you know, construction, blah, blah, blah. The local uh, officials who were actually gave the orders for the demolition, claiming that it was unlawfully demolished and give my friend the money. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that uh, Zoran Verushevsky, the secret service officer who began the whole wiretapping scandal, mm -hmm. he was working at Fiat Sanovsky's university when the wiretaps began pouring in. So he was so this place is Tsanovsky at the center of the colored revolution and the attack on Gruevsky. Lyubomir mm -hmm. uh, Frchkovsky, the notorious interior minister, oh, yes. he's now the dean of the uh, law faculty in Tsanovsky's university. Frchkovsky's wife is defending Katica Yaneva. So obviously Tsanovsky is very close to Katica. And on top of it all, the second criminal case against Boki 13, the racket to the... Um, this accepting bribes from businessmen who were told they would be given permission to build like these bogus old retirement people's homes and uh, then turn them into commercial uh, real estate. Right. Uh, 230,000, I think, euros in this scheme came to Boki, were given to Boki by a very close relative of Tsanovsky. Hmm. So now the defense says, listen, guys, uh, Obviously, uh, the person who is demanding the damages in this case, in the demolition of his residential complex, through a very close relative, paid money to Boki 13, who is obviously very close to Katica Yaneva. They are co-defendants in the trial, which is being held in the courtroom next door. So, obviously, Tsarnovsky was giving money to Katica Yaneva in exchange for her starting a criminal investigation with little evidence, with... Uh, unfounded evidence, uh, an unfounded case against uh, us, in which he's claiming 40 million. So he gives Katicayaneva 200,000 euros. And then with her help, with the help of the criminal investigation she initiated, he, uh, Tsanovsky collects 40 million from the government. That's a pretty good uh, okay. ROI. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad for a few days' work, right? <laughs> And he was supporting the colored revolution from the start, as he said, through Verushevsky, through Ferchkovsky. Uh, so now this case is on trial. Zayev is angry beyond recognition because uh, uh, some of the cases have... Yanova uh, uh, began against Gruevsky have uh, dated. They have hit the statute of limitations, mm -hmm. like the one about the Chinese highways. Mm -hmm. So now, in this particular case, it's possible one of the judges who... Uh, there is like a council of judges and a main judge. One of the judges who is in the council is supposed to retire in a few days. So if this happens, there's going to be a mistrial and they're going to have to start over again. Wow. So Zayef is ordering, explicitly demanding at public rallies that there must be sentences in the cases he initiated. And the judge, the main judge in this case, Ognan Stavrev, who comes from, uh, who, who is the son of one of the most notorious communist era rulers in Macedonia, like Partia Paratchiks, 
He's now scheduling 12-hour-long court hearings all through last week, so he could complete the case by Tuesday. Wow. So basically, there's going to be a sentencing tomorrow against Gruevsky. There is going to be a second sentence against Gruevsky, Milena Kievsky, etc. Uh, just so there is no mistrial, just so they can fast-track this payment of a huge amount of uh, damages uh, to, to, to Fiat Tsanovsky, and uh, apparently Tsanovsky, I suppose, is going to flee the country the, the, day, the morning after and with his money, and uh, no, he's not going to stick around for a Vimura government to return. And, uh, yeah, they're still trying to use Katitsyaneva to extort money, this time from the state budget, and this is the, you know, like, twice more than they extorted so far, this sum. Well, uh, for from private business. Yes. Uh, listeners, there will be a quiz at the end of this podcast asking you to name <laughs> all of the people that have been accused uh, or indicted in the current racket scandals uh, rocking Macedonia, as well as bonus points for identifying the amounts of money that have been uh, <laughs> tossed around and, and given away and things like that. Um, you know, in all of this, as you were just talking about that, and I was kind of almost uh, my eyes were glazing over because I couldn't follow yeah. it. And I need, I would need to take a large uh, uh, wall and put several large pieces yeah. of white paper on there and then just start graphing it out and sketching it out. But this, you know, is we both follow the news uh, daily uh, about Macedonia and what's going on there. And, and we know that, you know, after Prespa and after the force name change, and even as early as, uh, well, through the summer and into the fall, you know, the international community was was um, fetting uh, Zoran Zaev and, and Nikola Dimitrov and all those guys, and that's really, it's, it's been a real major drop-off on that, and they, I don't think, they cannot wait to get rid of this um, uh, baggage that they've, they've got. They, they're, they're trying to figure out how to, trying to think of a polite word there, um, they know that he is uh, anathema, uh, that they made a mistake. Well, they got what they want. They didn't make a mistake. They got what they want. Uh, but now, So now they don't yeah. need him. And so they were happy to discard him sure. like a, um, a used... Uh, go ahead and fill in your own word there. Uh, and that's what they're going to do. And he doesn't realize that. He's still... The, he's so stupid. Like he's, he's so stupid. He thinks that he is going to be... Um, uh, saved by the internationals whose work he did, and that is just not the case. And and we know that he can't go anywhere. He he, he can't leave Macedonia and go to one of the international think tanks or the uh, the NGO community or things like that. Nikola Dimitrov can. He's he's urbane. He's suave. He's sophisticated. He's uh, he's a liar like the best of them, and he does it well. Um, but Zayev isn't. Uh, so anyway, um, gosh, I think that's a wrap on the scandals for now. Yeah, I'm going to go work on the chart. Please do, and that's, uh, it'll take several pictures. You'll have to kind of take mm. pictures of each part and then uh, stitch yeah, them yeah. together in a Photoshop type thing so you can get the one big uh, one big uh, uh, <laughs> picture of it all. Um, yeah, we had one of those for Ramkowski back in the day. Because, <laughs> you know, I, look, I've been around Macedonia so long, Svetin, so that when you say Velia Ramkowski, the first thing that yeah. comes to my mind is frozen chickens. And yeah, I'm yeah. curious <laughs> to how many of our listeners or how many Macedonians or how many of the internationals will understand that reference. And so we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> where is Julian he? Julian Milovanovic sure, sure will recognize <laughs> it. There was a WikiLeaks in which she was 
telling Gruevsky to finally arrest Vili Aramkovsky. Uh -huh. Or, uh, you know, she was complaining that he owed so much money to American partners yeah. for media development. Media and, development loan fund. Yeah. In. Yeah. And uh, she's literally in the WikiLeaks telling uh, Gruevsky to fix this issue. And Gruevsky came up with this whole program of uh, court-appointed enforcement agents who now are actually very efficient. You know, there is no chance now that somebody owes you money and hides it from one bank account to another. They're going to find you, they're going to collect your money and they're going to give it back to you and then charge a huge you know, bonus for themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've actually reformed the country tremendously thanks to uh, Vili Aramkovsky. But then when Gruevsky actually went, made the next logical step and, uh, you know, had the uh, Ramkovsky charged, or the, okay, the prosecutors had Ramkovsky charged for all of his uh, uh, frauds, then the US embassy, which was, as I said, in a WikiLeaks cable, telling Gruevsky to go and do this. And then Phil Ricker by then was ambassador and he was like, these are my friends, these are my, I bro I've broken bread with these people, how dare you arrest them, <laughs> they're the opposition television, ah, screw them all. Phil Ricker, I'm surprised he hasn't got more caught up in the Ukraine scandal going on over here than he, than, than he has, I mean he testified I think before the Senate, but... Um... Well, there's another fool and a fraud. Um, anyway. And welcome back to the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. This is Tvetin Shulimanov calling in from Skopje, Macedonia. And we have Jason Miko on the line from Tucson, Arizona. And it's the portion of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast where we go for our farmers' picks. I already did mine. It was the Familia Markovsky, <laughs> the Markovsky family, the USAID-funded program, which was hilariously meant to educate Macedonians in the virtue of fighting corruption and standing up for yourself and uh, uh, standing up to conservatives when they're in power and is nowadays best known as the show which gave us... Uh, Whose, whose lead actress was caught organizing a transport of three tons of cocaine from Colombia to the United Kingdom in a submarine. <laughs> so that turned out well. Jason, do you have something that can top this? I do. I have something uplifting, uh, <laughs> which is oh. generally the way we I like to end uh, with a, a farmer's pick. Um, and as you know, I like to poke around on the Google machine and the internets and the interwebs mm -hmm. to find uh, random things about Macedonia. I found this piece from August of 2019 from the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, uh, a oh, God, yeah. uh, BBC travel show. It, it covers several countries, but it also mentions Macedonia, and Macedonia is up front, and their correspondent is at Okrid at the Bay of Bones and uh, at the archaeological expedition there, and she goes diving and uh, talks about that and the history and about Okrit in general and just uh, what a jewel it is for Macedonia. And, and of course, the, the great thing is, this is, again, this piece that I found, at least, is from August of 2019. It might be earlier than that, but all they do is talk about Macedonia. They never mention the N-word. So um, I'm uh, mm. always appreciative of that. And here in the middle or the beginning of winter, I should say, uh, to see these folks diving at Macedonia's Lake Okrid, which is just a jewel, as we all know, uh, is uh, it, it, it uh, warms my heart to see that. Uh, so we'll put a link up to that. That is my farmer's pick. Mm -hmm. uh, again, we are recording this on December 22. It'll drop on December 23. 
I think it would be appropriate to wish all of our listeners and friends a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, you know what? I am bound and determined to break the Macedonian Information Agency of that that habit of just wishing yeah. Catholic believers uh, a, a Merry Christmas. So to Catholics, Protestants... I kept doing that while I was still working there. I kept, I kept telling them to fix that, but yeah. now I'm no longer there. So. Yeah. But, you know, this goes back to the invasion of... Constantinople. So since then, all of us Eastern Christians consider everybody in the West to be a, a Latin Catholic uh, aggressor. And, oh, okay, I'm gonna stop myself. Yes. Well, we wish we wish all who celebrate Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox uh, a very merry Christmas. And don't get me started on the Orthodox who celebrate Christmas. Okay, we'll do a we'll do a separate one. Obviously, we'll do a, a another podcast uh, for 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 New Year's and then uh, Orthodox Christmas. Uh, with a bit of a surprise on the Orthodox Christmas one, which we will leave our uh, listeners waiting for uh, until that time. So until then, Svetlana, very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, Jason. Merry Christmas to you and all viewers and to everybody listening to us. All right. Take care. You too, buddy. Take care. Swimming. Six 